morning, everyone, and welcome to this very special service. You don't have to be that sharp-eyed to notice that in front of us there is a baptismal tank. And Paul will be coming uh, forward this morning for believers' baptism. And then later in the service, he and three other friends will be welcomed into the membership of this church family. As part of this service, we'll all be sharing in the act of communion. And we invite everyone, whether you're a member or a regular attender or a visitor, please to join with us and share in communion together. We really invite everyone who's trying to follow Jesus to take part in communion. But if you'd rather not, it's no problem. Just pass the bread and wine to your neighbour as it comes along. After this service this morning, there will be a church lunch. It's really to say farewell to some of our students who are coming to the end of their studies here in Glasgow. So if you can, please stay and share in that lunch and have a chance to chat to our students before they go. And one of those students, Emma, uh, is having a graduation show on the 7th of June. We don't have much details, but she would love some of us to go along if we can. So can I suggest that you email Emma? Her email address is in the church directory, and she can tell you all the details of her graduation show. Our service this evening at 7pm will be held in Wellington Church and will be led by Robin Green on the theme Knowledge, Faith and Superstition. And we meet here again next Sunday morning at 11am when Katrina will again be leading worship. These are all the notices. Are you excited? Yes. Well, I'm definitely excited. It's going to be a great day, a very special day for all of us as we celebrate the gift of God's Holy Spirit and as we celebrate each other as the people of God. Our call to worship is part of the account of that Pentecost day 2,000 or so years ago. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The majority of our hymns this morning have been chosen by those friends who are making special commitments this morning. And so we begin with Common Ground number 66, Jesus Calls Us Here to Meet Him. And can I invite you, if you're able, to stand as we sing God's praise.
Let's come in God's, to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Creator God, Scripture tells us that at the dawn of time, you spoke life into human beings, both male and female, bearers of the divine image, and commissioned people to populate the earth. You declared your creation to be good, blessing it and freeing it to fill its potential. Redeemer God, Scripture also tells us that human beings have continually fallen short of the potential you gave us. Selfish ambition, greed, violence and hate have distorted the divine image, damaged community and led us to confuse uniformity with unity. Sustainer God, Scripture offers us hope despite our brokenness and sinfulness within our brokenness and confusion. Reminding us that you never abandon your creation to the inevitable consequences of human sin and finitude. Rather, you continue to recreate, refresh and renew all creation until the day when your will finds perfect consummation in eternal love. Triune God, On this day, when we celebrate your spirit, calmer of chaos, inspirer of prophets, balm of peace, we also celebrate your people in all their diversity, our diversity, and commit ourselves to continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus as your spirit enables us to be bringers of hope in a broken world. Amen.
most of the boys and girls are upstairs today, so I'll just wave to you up there, and you'll have to shout really loud to hear your answers, because I've got some questions for you. If you came here on a Saturday afternoon, what would the trist look like? Has anybody ever been in on a Saturday afternoon? Do you know what it looks like? Any of the grown-ups know what it looks like? No chairs. No chairs, just a great big empty space. It's a good space. You can run around and play games and do all sorts of things. But it's just a big empty space. But when we come on a Sunday morning, loads and loads of things have happened before we get here to make it a place where we can have Sunday school and where we can have church. So I thought today we might have a look at some of the people who do some of these things so that we can come on a Sunday morning and find everything ready. So I'm going to show you some people. And if you know who this person is that's coming up next, will you shout their name out? Are you ready? Hopefully this will be the first person. (laughs) Now, who's that person? Do you know? Any of the grown-ups tell us? This is Alan. It's a lovely picture of Alan, isn't it? Now, who knows what Alan does for us before we come to church on a Sunday morning? It's a huge, big job he does for us. Do you know? He puts out all of the chairs. Imagine that, all by himself usually as well. He puts all of the chairs out for us so that we can come in and just sit down. So that's Alan. Let's see who else we've got. Who's that? Anybody recognise who that is? Grown-ups can answer too. It's Miss Allen, yes. Miss Allen. Now then, has anybody got any ideas, boys and girls, what Miss Allen does for us? Flowers, yes. Now, I'm in the way, boys and girls. I'll move aside. Do you see the lovely flowers today? Are they beautiful today? Well, every week, Miss Allen goes and speaks to the flower seller or goes into one of the shops in Byers Road and chooses special flowers for every service. And then she comes down here and she makes them into a beautiful display so that when we come to church on Sunday morning, the first thing we see is something really beautiful and she does that every week see who the next person is who's that that's Paul who's over there now who knows what Paul does before we get here what's Paul's big job the sound that's right the only reason you can hear me because I've got a really rubbish voice is the fact that Paul comes in on a Sunday morning and opens up the mixing desk and brings out all the cables and the mics and the stands and sets them up. And then he goes up to Katrina's vestry and he gives her a radio mic that she clips on so she can walk around and talk to all of you. And then he records our service. Did you know that? He records the service and puts it on our website so anybody in the whole wide world can hear your answers when Katrina asks you a question. And he does something else which I think the older people really appreciate. Does anybody know what one of Paul's other jobs is before we get here on a Sunday morning? Yes, he puts the heating on. (laughs) 
He goes through the diary that's in the key, you know, the diary that Grace puts in the back of the key every month and sees when anything's on in the church. And then he goes and programs all the heating to make sure that when you come in for church or Sunday school or something else, it's lovely and warm. And sometimes he even comes down just to check that it's done it. So that's a lot of things he does. Let's see who else we've got. Ah, who's that? Two people this time. Yes. It's Edith and Bethany. Very good. Now then, they do lots of things, but they're there for a particular reason today. Does anybody know what one of their jobs is? What they get ready for is? Tea and coffee and cakes and biscuits. You know when you come in from Sunday school on a Sunday morning and you walk along the edge of the counter and you just put your hand just over the top of the counter to find the biscuit plate? Well, it's people like Edith and Bethany who've put it there. They've been to the shops and bought some cakes or biscuits or made some cakes and biscuits sometimes and they make your tea and coffee and juice and have everything ready after the service. All right, let's see who else does something for us. Who's that? Yes, that's the other Paul. That's Paul Fraser. Now, what does Paul do? What great big job. Yes. Aidan? He plays piano. But do you know what else he does before the service? Can you guess? He practices and he helps the choir to practice as well. And sometimes he chooses hymns, but he chooses the music for the choir. And do you know, sometimes he writes music for us as well in the service. And today, if you listen really, really carefully, later on in the service, you'll hear a piece of music that Paul wrote for us called Set a Seal Upon Mine Heart, a beautiful piece of music. So that's one of Paul's jobs. And do you know what else he does? He prints your order of service. When you come in and someone hands you an order of service, it's Paul who's printed it. Another big job. Who's that? Margaret, that's Margaret. Now, again, Margaret does lots of jobs, but she's here to represent something particular today. When you come in and someone hands you something, what's the name of the person that hands you it? Yes. Yes, you're handed a hymn book, and what do we call the person that hands you your hymn book and hands you your order of service? They've got little badges on, have you noticed, sometimes with their name on it? Some of the grown-ups will tell us. Stewards. They're called stewards. And their job is to welcome you into church, give you a big smile, give you an order of service and a hymn book, and make sure you know what's going to be happening. And Margaret and loads of other people do that for us every single Sunday. And they come early and they get everything ready and make sure that you're going to be comfortable. Let's see if there's anybody else. Now, this is a gorgeous photograph of someone and his wife, his very beautiful wife. But it's the man I'm interested in at the moment. What's his name? It's Addy. Now, I wonder what Addy might do before a service. He's part of a team that does something else for us. It's not every Sunday, but it's once a month. Does anybody know what team Addy's part of? Communion team. That's it, exactly. So when we have communion... It's Addy that goes and buys the bread and wine sometimes and gets it ready to put on the communion table just as it is today and then makes sure it's all put away again at the end. So that's Addy. Now, here's two people. Who are they? 
Fiona and Elaine, that's right, Fiona and Elaine. Now then, what do you think they've prepared before we get here? What do they prepare? What team are they part of? Sunday school. So before you come on a Sunday morning to Sunday school, Fiona or Elaine and their helpers think about what story they're going to tell you, what crafts you might be going to do, what pictures they might be going to show you. All of that happens before we come to Sunday school. Now, here's the big question. What do all these people have in common? Well, I tell you. Did you know that every single one of these people and all the teams that they're part of are all saints? Did you know that? Every single one of them is a saint. Because a saint is just somebody who's trying to follow Jesus. Somebody who's part of God's family. And so really, every one of us here at Hillhead are saints. And we can try and follow Jesus in just the same way that these people do. So we're going to sing a hymn about that now. It's um, a hymn that you know, but you'll notice on your sheet that we've changed the third verse. So have a little look. It's hymn 481, if you're following it in the book. But the third verse is on your sheet. And the third verse is just to include some of the saints of Hillhead. So let's sing together hymn 481. reading is from Joel chapter 2 verses 21 to 29. 
fields. Don't be afraid, but be joyful and glad because of all the Lord has done for you. Animals, don't be afraid. The pastures are green, the trees bear their fruit, and there are plenty of figs and grapes. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice at what the Lord your God has done for you. He has given you the right amount of autumn rain. He has poured down the winter rain for you and the spring rain as before. The threshing places will be full of corn. The pits beside the presses will overflow with wine and olive oil. I will give you back what you lost in the years when swarms of locusts ate your crops. It was I who sent this army against you. Now you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the Lord your God, who has done wonderful things for you. My people will never be despised again. Then, Israel, you will know that I am among you, and that I, the Lord, am your God, and there is no other. My people will never be despised again. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your old people will have dreams, and your young people will see visions. At that time, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, both men and women. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as there is one hope to which God has called you. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is one God and Father of all, who is Lord of all, works through all, and is in all. Getting very close to the exciting part now. It may be that um, children and younger people want to come and gather that side um, so you can see better. If they do, please can parents or carers supervise. We don't want any nasty accidents. And no trips down to Glasgow Western Infirmary today, please. We've got this big pool, and somebody has already asked me if it was a swimming pool, which it isn't. Um, But I wonder what you think it might be. What would you do if you had a pool like this? Anybody want to, to say what they would do if they had a great big pool like this? I think you'll need to stand up if you sit down, you won't see. Well, this is a baptism pool, and we're going to have a baptism this morning. And sometimes we think of baptism as being a bit like a bath, where you get washed, and all the the dirt comes off, and that reminds us of the, the things that make us sad in our life, being washed away, the things we've done wrong, the things we regret, the things that make us just feel sad. Sometimes, um, nowadays especially, think, people think of it as a bit like a birthing pool. So it's almost like a place where a new beginning happens, new birth. And some people think it's a bit like a grave because a person goes down and then comes up in the way that Jesus was buried and rose again. Well, this morning, it's really exciting that we have um, Paul's baptism. So we've got a form of words that we're going to use and um, we'll just go through it as it is, otherwise we're going to get very confused. Following his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In obedience to Christ, and in joyful thanks for God's redeeming love, we gather to baptize Paul, whom the Spirit has led to repentance and faith. Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, and still disciples are called to follow Jesus through the waters of baptism, to be buried and raised in union with him. Here is the grace of God. Washed free of sin, disciples of Jesus are immersed into all that God has done in Christ and all that he promises to do through his Spirit. By the one Spirit, we are baptised into one body, patterned after the likeness of our Lord Jesus and anointed for his service. It is customary on occasions like this to invite baptismal candidates to give a testimony just to say a few words about what has brought them to this point. So I'm going to invite Paul to come to the microphone now and just in his own words, briefly, to tell us why he's decided that this is the moment for him to be baptised. As I start with, uh, just a short um, testimony, I've I've always wanted to to, to be baptised and... uh, uh, before coming to this church, uh, I used to go to Baptist church uh, back home, and I was uh, at the stage. Uh, I was I was at the stage of getting baptized, just about to baptize before I came here. And uh, like Katrina knows, uh, when I came, I was I was very keen to baptize then. And uh, well, yeah. Uh, afterwards, I realized that uh, uh, the way. You know, the way the society is in this part of the world is so different from my views, and I had to—I feel like I had to discover myself and try to know where where I stand and everything. So yeah, since I've been attending this church, it's taken me all that while to to feel like get there, and I, I realized that um, I will never get there, and it's it's, um, it's a it's always a work in progress. That it's just um, that's that's where Christianity is. Like you can never be perfect, and and I feel like this is a, a step in the right direction for me, and that's why I feel like I'm ready to uh, to be baptized today. And yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Jesus commanded his followers to go and make disciples of all people everywhere, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have heard from Paul how his own journey of discipleship has brought him to this point, where he makes a public profession of faith in Christ and follows him through the waters of baptism. It's no small undertaking, and we who share in this celebration are also called to share in support and encouragement of Paul as he continues that work in progress to grow in faith and grace. So I invite Neil to come, who is assisting me, and Paul, and we will go into the baptistry and do the bit. Paul, you have come to baptism, and so I ask you these questions. Do you believe and trust in one God... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and do you accept Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? I do. 
Do you turn from sin, renounce evil, and seek to follow Christ? Will you live within the fellowship of the church, and will you serve Jesus Christ in the world? Is it then your desire that you be baptised? For upon your profession of faith, and at your own request, I baptise in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
Well, there you go. That answers the old question about who gets changed quicker, doesn't it? <laughs> We're going to sing again, and you will probably have spotted that on the order of service we have a verse of a hymn in Yoruba. This is Paul's choice of hymn. And um, I did a bit of research. I put something on Facebook. I put something on my blog. And a minister friend of mine in Yorkshire actually has Nigerian students who speak Yoruba in his church too. So they provided us with the first verse and chorus in Yoruba. Is the choir singing that? And then we join in. We are going to sing that. And uh, the rest of us can join in when we get to the first verse in English, which is the language in which it was originally written. And I think we'll remain seated as we sing.
moving on now to the part of our service where we're going to receive some friends formally into membership of the church. It's our joy and our pleasure in the name of a loving God to welcome George, Holly, Jeff and Paul into the membership of our church. They are each committed to serving God in this community and today we acknowledge and thank God for that community. Each of them has been a disciple of Jesus Christ for so many years and are coming to us now. Um, We're really excited about that. Sometimes with membership we do testimonies and sometimes we don't. So the option was there, and I think some people are wanting to say something, and some people are not wanting to say something, and both of those, it's absolutely fine. So if you're wanting to speak, if you'd like to come to the mic, um, I think it's Jeff and Holly, I think. We didn't practice this bit. (laughs) Yeah, and I've also come without any notes at all, which is a horrendous mistake, because I'm rubbish without a script. Um, George and I first came here on Pentecost Sunday. Um, We think after some debate last night that it was three years ago. Uh, In the last three years, a lot has happened in our lives. And we're really excited today to formally become members of a community that has supported us through all of that. Um, From providing most of the choir at the blessing of our civil partnership to being there wholeheartedly um, recently when we had a fire in our building and we we desperately needed people to be there for us. Um, We wanted to thank you, to take this opportunity right now to thank you for the the care that you've shown us and we hope that we will go on to be able to share um, a part of our journey with, with you for years to come and that we're able to provide the same sort of support that people here have shown us. Um, ongoing. Thanks. Well, I I first came to Hillhead in March 1996, and a few people said to me, why now? And I've asked the same question as well, and, and like most things, it has a personal and a spiritual answer. So I was first baptized in 1975, I'd be flattered if anybody thinks I was infant baptism. Um, But actually, it was adult baptism, and in the Baptist church I went to at the time, we had a baptistry, unlike some of my ancestors who were baptised in the local river. And the timing of that, I was just in my teens, and I'd always knew that it was expected of me to be baptised one day, and I always knew that I wanted to be. And I think the timing was dictated, on a personal level, by the imminent departure of our then minister, who I'd grown up in the church with and who I respected greatly. It was a very inspiring and uh, uh, leader, uh, the late Reverend Howell Jones. And a few years later, when I went to London, I did the traditional thing of going to the nearest Welsh chapel, assumed I would stay for five years, then go back home. I stayed for 16 and then came to Glasgow. (laughs) And I remember coming here on, on the start of March 1996, was welcomed by the first three people I met, which was Neil, Will, and the late Edgar Ferguson. And I've been very happy here ever since and uh, received many blessings on a personal, spiritual, and on a practical level. So why now? I think there's a bit of a clue in the hymn that I've chosen as well, which is the next one we're going to sing. Um, Most people probably assumed I would choose a Welsh hymn tune, but none of you know, preferably the minor key. But um, (laughs) I've actually chosen one which, again, reminds me of my formative years. And an old Sunday school teacher 
when I was in my teens, about the time I was being baptised, although she would only have been a few years older in her early 20s, one of my sister's friends, and who, whenever prompted, I wouldn't need much prompting, to be fair, to talk about her experience, would always choose this hymn, and particularly the third verse and the chorus. And this, despite being afflicted by what I subsequently realised when I grew up was probably cystic fibrosis, from which she succumbed in her mid to late 20s, but would always say, then sings my soul, how great thou art. And I've been here 17 years, which is a long time. For many people, sadly, it is an entire lifetime. But also, when I think of those words, it makes me realise that commitment to church membership is not something that can only be done from 500 miles away, and you'll pick again when you retire, but it's about the here and now. So why now? Why not now? So I have some questions to ask these four friends. I hope you've each got sight of the uh, questions and the answers. <laughs> um, you don't have to say the full words. It's fine if you just want to say yes and I will. That is all absolutely fine. If you want to say all of it, that's also fine. We don't want to be too prescriptive about these things, do we? Do you believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, your creator, redeemer and the sustainer of all things? Do you believe that God has led you to share in the worship, life and witness of this local congregation? I do and I thank God for the gift of fellowship. Will you share with us the gifts God has given you that together we may serve God in our local community and in the wider world? I will. All I have is given by God. As Baptist Christians, we covenant together as a community of disciples of Jesus Christ. Baptised into his name, we share the joys and responsibilities of fellowship. We gather for worship and to discern the mind of Christ. Together we seek the kingdom of God through prayer, witness and service. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we seek to build one another up in love. Will you share with us in this common life and service? And will you walk together with us before God in ways that are known and yet to be made known? I will. Thanks be to God. Now we have some promises for the church to make. Um, I will say the words in yellow. And I would like to invite you, if you wish to support these friends, and this is your normal place of worship, even if it's not your normal place of worship, we won't get too hung up about it, to respond with those in white. Do you welcome George, Holly, Jeff and Paul into the fellowship of this worshipping community? We do. This is our joy and our calling. God has given us the gift of Jeff, Paul, Holly and George, and through them has given us gifts for ministry in the life and witness of this congregation. Will you support them in Christian service and in the responsibilities of church membership? We will. Thanks be to God. Will you pray for and encourage them through hospitality, friendship and prayer? We will. And in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. I invite Anne as church secretary to formally welcome these brothers and sisters 
into the fellowship of Christ, that is Hillhead Baptist Church. And now we'll sing that great hymn that Jeff has chosen. O Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder, consider all the works your hand has made.
baptism and welcome into membership would be complete without a celebration of the Lord's Supper. The liturgy we are using is one that was written for intergenerational worship by Richard Bott and Shannon Tennant and is used with permission and with a few slight emendations along the way. As we celebrate our life together as people of God, we gather at this most intimate place of remembering all that God has done for us in Christ. In this liturgy for all ages, we enter into the experience of Jesus' disciples. We address our words to God's Spirit, who hovers over all we are sharing together in this room or indeed in other parts of the building. You were not there. We were alone. You were not there when darkness fell and he cried out his, why? You were not there when his corpse lay cold on the rocky shelf. You were not there when they came after us and we barred the door. But you were there in that room when Thomas reached out to touch And you were there when we ate fish with him. And when the angel said, why do you stare? And you were there when Matthias was chosen. And you were there, most of all, you were there when the sky noise filled the house. And Moses' flame touched us without consuming us. And you were there when Peter preached to the 3,000 and they began to understand and to turn. And so today in this place, we join with those 3,000 and with those 12. We listen for the sky noise to fill our house and for the flame to touch us once again. We join with the lifelong apostle, the church member, the newly baptized believer, and with those who have yet to discover the mystery, mysterious truth of faith, with all the saints who have gone before us, and the guiding, wisdom-seeking angels singing.
so we remember with gratitude and puzzlement how Jesus gathered his followers together one last time to share a meal. How he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. We will eat the bread as we receive. We also remember, with gratitude and puzzlement, how after supper he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant made in my blood. Do this to remember me. We will retain our glasses and drink together. drink together in faith and gratitude. Your death we commemorate, your rising we celebrate, your coming in glory we anticipate. Praise be to you, Lord Christ. Amen. We continue now in prayer, our prayers for all God's people. Um, We have a number of people who are going to participate in that and they will be using the lectern I'll stay here, but this gives a bit of uh, movement to the thing. I will lead off, and then those four people will lead their prayers in turn. If you could all go to the lectern now, that would just avoid too much shuggling about and untidiness in the middle of the prayers, which would never do, would it? Be careful with the candles, we don't want any accidents. So I will start off. Let's pray together. God of Pentecost, whose life-giving spirit moves wheresoever she wills, we bring to you now our prayers for the world of which we are part, for the church, local and global, and for ourselves. In a chaotic and broken world, where innocent people are victims of human inhumanity, we pray for your healing and restoration where there is violence between nation-states, between races and people groups, within communities and families, we pray for its cessation. Where there is greed of multinationals, of dictators and bureaucrats, within communities and families, we pray for generosity. Where there is disease and sickness due to infection, due to poverty, Due to abuse, due to societal disorder, we pray for wholeness and healing. Where there is despair of change, of justice, of safety, security, education or a future, we pray for hope. May your fire consume the dross to reveal all that is beautiful and precious. May your oil soothe, your water cleanse, your wind ruffle, Your breath bring life. May the world you create, redeem and sustain be refreshed and renewed. Loving God, on this day, Pentecost, 
the birthday of the church. We remember how across the years you have chosen people to serve you, people from all walks of life, from different cultures and backgrounds, with contrasting characters, temperaments and gifts. Especially today we rejoice that you have called George and Holly, Jeff and Paul into the membership of our fellowship at Hillhead Baptist Church. We thank you for the way you have led them on their journey of faith, bringing them through all the experiences that have shaped them and have made them into the people they are. We thank you for the many ways they already contribute to the life of our church family and we pray for each of them that their faith may be nurtured, their vision inspired and that you would guide them always in your ways. May they be blessed and enriched in the commitment they have made today and may our church be strengthened to serve you in this community. We pray for those who are covenanting with new communities of faith. Pilgrim God, each of us is on a journey with you. Each day, each week, each year, we are on a voyage of discovery. And so we pray for our friends whose journey has recently led them on from this community of faith here at Hillhead to covenant with new communities of faith. We pray for Vlasta. We pray for Marilyn and for Norman. Thank you for the gifts which our friends have brought to this community in their years with us. Bless them on this next stage of their journey with you. Heavenly Father, on this happy day, we pray for our friends Emma, Matilda, Naomi and Sunny, who have been studying in our city and both sharing and taking an active part in our worship. Now they're about to take their next steps in life, move on, find new homes. Home, like love, is one of those portmanteau words. It can mean where you were born and grew up, where you hang your hat, crash out with your mates, feel comfortable, know people you love, who know and love you. Above all, home is a place where you are happy to be, happy to remember. We pray, Lord, that with your guidance, our friends will find good homes in the future and that they will look back on their time with us as being in a home full of spiritual and practical support they can remember with joy a home to which they will feel able to return, knowing of a warm welcome. Emma, Matilda, Naomi, Sunny, wherever you go, whatever you do, God keep you in the palm of his hands. Gracious God, we thank you for the privilege of sharing our Christian journey with a wide variety of individuals whom we have come to know through our membership of this church. As we commend 
to your continuing care those who have been named this morning and thank you for the enrichment they have brought to our fellowship. We remember many others whose studies or work have brought them to this church for a while and who now continue to serve you in many parts of the world and in many different ways and circumstances. We've been greatly blessed by them and their sharing of faith and ideas that have enriched our understanding of our and our lives. So we pray that we who continue our faith journey here may be worthy successors in a distinctive Christian tradition, taking time and prayer to discern what is the right pattern for our future mission and ministry. Without expecting easy solutions to the many practical problems that face us, May each of us play a helpful part in that future, according to our circumstances, and confident that you, our Heavenly Father, are willing us to seek your Holy Spirit's guidance as we move into a new phase in our history. We pray this earnestly in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. This morning we have been celebrating with people who have chosen this moment to make public their next step in their discipleship of Jesus. It would be wrong for us to go without having an opportunity for others of us who may have been touched by God's Spirit to mark that in some way. Don't panic, I'm not going to do an article. I know you don't really like those, or most of you don't like them, and I'm not wild about them either. But if you feel you would like to symbolise a renewed commitment to follow Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to be his disciple, then I invite you, if you are able to stand, and if you're not able to stand, perhaps you might like to raise a hand or symbolise in some way, looking upwards, and nobody's watching. Sometimes it is too embarrassing, sometimes we're too fearful. But if you feel that God is touching you in some way, leading you on to new steps on your journey of discipleship, then please don't go home and forget about it. Please mention it to me, mention it to one of the managers, mention it to somebody, because it's so easy to lose the moment and get caught up in everyday life. And so we pray for ourselves, each one of us flawed and failing. Each prays the temptation to seek only that which serves itself. Each capable of wreaking havoc rather than weaving a tapestry of hope. Gracious God, cleanse us of all that hinders our discipleship. Strengthen us for the challenges that lie ahead. Fill us with your peace and surround us with your love. Amen. One of the things we aspire to in Hillhead is to be inclusive. My zapper's just decided to die. Inclusivity is a journey that we are on together. We don't always get it right, but we try to welcome all to this place. 
Uh, I've recently been challenged that inclusion is far more than welcome. Welcome is the first step towards inclusion. And this is the hymn that was chosen by George for us to sing. And it just seems such a great one to finish up with because it expresses this aspiration to build a house where love can dwell and all can safely live. A place where saints, which is us, and children who can also be saints, tell how hearts learn to forgive, built of hopes and dreams and visions, rock of faith and vault of grace. Here the love of Christ shall end divisions. All are welcome in this place. This is our hope. This is our aspiration.
are the people of God. We are the body of Christ. We are filled with the Spirit of God. Therefore, let us go from here to bless the world of which we are part by being and speaking good news to the glory of our triune God. Thank you.